Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Bob Mendelson, and this is the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. Today we speak with a musician in Western Australia from the UK who loves his students in an Aboriginal school. This is a great episode to start the new year. Thanks for joining me for this Season 3, Episode 5 of the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. To note the music, Mendelssohn's Violin Concerto in E minor, and the opinions are strictly my own and those of my guests. You can now find us and comment to us wherever you get your podcasts. Tell us what matters to you, what triggers your joy, what bothers you in the world. Let us know. We'll see where the spirit leads us. You might be on the road in Kansas City or at the gym in Sydney, wherever you are. Thanks for being with us these 18 minutes. As season three continues, we're still looking for a new sponsor of the podcast. Are you interested? Contact me on bobmendo at aol.com for more information. Now, back to the podcast. Historical Marker of the Week. On this date in history, the 3rd of January, in 1977, Apple Computer, the company, incorporated. This was six months after Apple had begun selling its Apple One personal computer kit for the price of $666.66, created by Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. And on this date in 1925, Three years after his election as the Italian leader in 1922, Benito Mussolini, the leader of the National Fascist Party, declared he was taking dictatorial powers over Italy, effectively ending elections. And that's the historical marker of the week. Steve Woods, it is such a joy to see you again after how many years has it been? Maybe a decade we haven't seen each other. Oh, at least, I think. I left uh, Cape and Ray, well, actually in 2012. So, yes, a decade. Ten years ago, we last saw each other here in the environs of Sydney, Australia. Um, But you are currently a teacher in an Aboriginal school uh, and and you're teaching music. I, I just think that's fantastic. That's your training. Uh, what would you say is the number one problem that they see about music or life or you? Well, that's an interesting question. I, I think they absolutely love music. Um, they, like anyone in this generation, have the most sophisticated ear. They listen to more music 
than anyone before them. So in a lesson, they teach me more than I think I teach them. Um, but the interesting thing is, as much as they share with me their favorite genre of music, which tends to be country or hip hop, um, that, um, and they love rapping, of course, but they, um, they're quite shy when it comes to performing. And, you know, I, I, I found that quite bizarre um, and we've got around it in various ways, I can assure you. But the, um, the, the word I, I, I learn that they give me is because of shame in that they never want to um, present themselves and look bad in case they feel more shame than they already carry. And it seems that with the generational trauma that they have, there, there's a lot of shame attached to them, and which is very sad. But in so, Jesus' name, it's going to lift. What's your favorite genre? Well, um, when I was at music college, I played with a, a an orchestra, um, an amateur orchestra called La Spiritata, which specialized with Gabrielli, um, Mozart. And that music was just, it, it resonated with me. It was, it was just so pure and beautiful. And the conductor was a specialist in that, and he played Mozart piano concertos with us, and usually in Wren uh, churches somewhere in London. So the acoustics were amazing, and that has never left me. Um, but of course, I love Bach, and um, as a violinist, I love all the Bach sonatas, partitas, and so on. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a, um, you know, that you know, I specialize in that when I want to listen to music. But I, I love. Um, listening to Brahms, um, if I want some energy, that seems to give me a lot of energy. Um, otherwise, I listen to anything, you know, whatever it is, I'm always interested. What's your least favorite genre of music that you would never <laughs> pop on your CD player? Probably something with a loud beat that never stops. Um, so sort of heavy rock. You know, because I like music to uh, be soothed by or be moved by, and that seems to jar against my spirit. Uh, how do you determine, what's your criteria, or how can a person determine whether a composition of Brahms or Bach or Mozart is good or bad? Well, again, that's an interesting question, because, you know, when you're a teacher and you want to inspire the students, you know, they may have a natural leaning to stringed instruments and they'll want to learn a stringed instrument. You know, you try them on the drums and they say, no, this is not for me. And you think, well, how about trying the trumpet? They try that, no, that's not for me. And there's a banjo lying around. They have a few strums on that and their face lights up. You see, we're all wired differently to, to lean in certain directions. So I don't think there's one, uh, fit, one fits all answer to your question, but so long as, there's something that relates and resonates with you. And usually if there's an emotional attachment, um, because often when we hear music, it will remind us when and who we were with, or you know, when it was a good time and with all our friends, we'll say, oh, we love that music because there's that emotional attachment. You, you moved from the UK, a proper yep. place, to Hong Kong, <laughs> and now you're out in WA. What? Why did you move? Why did you leave the homeland? Well, again, you asked the most amazing questions. Um, I had taught um, when I first left college, and I didn't want to teach. I wanted to enter broadcasting. Um, 
But the BBC at the time said, teach first, you'll learn how to present and all this kind of stuff. And so I took their advice. Um, but in doing that, I realized that I really did enjoy teaching. Um, and so I did it for five years. And I thought, well, I'll take a year off just to, um, I hadn't had a gap year. And during that year off, a, a school uh, headhunted for me and they got me. And I went to teach there and it was one of the best schools I've ever taught in Dulwich Prep in London. And I, I spent 13 glorious years there. And but the thing is, I during those 13 years, I'd taken the boys over to America. We'd, we'd gone over with Nigel Kennedy, with composers. I'd taken to France when we do sailing trips. I'd taken to Wales so we can climb the highest mountain there. You know, I'd done everything I wanted to do. I commissioned new works every year for 10 years. You know, I invited artists to come into the school to um, perform to the kids. And we introduced something called a cushion concert. I think I'd reached the pinnacle that I feel I felt I'd done everything I wanted to do in in that. So, OK, when I change, what do I want to do? Well, what is there more to do? And during that time, Steve, you became a Christian a few years earlier and joined a church planting movement. And as a result, you wanted to go learn from anyone and everyone there in London. And you went and heard a woman from Hong Kong. One of those people was Jackie Pullinger from Hong Kong. And um, it might seem, seem strange because it's not a Hong Kong name, but she had been a musician, uh, graduated in London, wanted to be a missionary and serve God. And she's got the most extraordinary story of how she ended up in Hong Kong. But when she not only shared the story, but then brought her brothers over and her um, shared the story of what she's doing, I was just you know, hooked. And um, I wanted to know Jesus as well as her. And that was the reason why I thought I would rather have a different adventure um, at the age of approaching 40, um, rather than staying in that school until early retirement. To, to get you far away. I mean, that's almost as far away as you can go from London, isn't it? It was, and I couldn't speak the language. Um, so, you know, it was all a whole new adventure. But the funny story is, because I didn't know if the guys, because it was I was living with recovering drug addicts, and I had no idea whether they would be friendly or not. And a couple of stories there. The very first night I got there, they said, we'd like to pray for you. And I thought, well, that's very friendly, but I've come all this way to pray for you. And they said, no, 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 we want to pray for you. I said, look, um, hold on, you can help me just a minute. And I ran into the bedroom and I got out from my backpack a tin of digestive biscuits, my favorite biscuits in all the world. And in it was the last pack I thought I would ever eat um, because I didn't think you could get them in Hong Kong. And I said, look, would you pray on this tin that these biscuits never run out? And they said they just laughed because why, you know, because I can keep them in the kitchen. They can help themselves. We can all help them ourselves and it wouldn't be a problem. So we all laid hands on this tin of biscuits. And the funny thing is that the end of that week, there was a, a, a chain of restaurants in Hong Kong, Oliver Sandwiches. They decided to no longer stock digestive biscuits. And they gave them all to St. Stephen's. And we had digestive, digestive biscuits in every cupboard, wherever we went in St. Stephen's. And the guys began to um, 
I'm not sure be happy about the prayer they prayed or to regret it because with every tea time we had, it was a digestive biscuits for the next six months. Um, but I was very happy. And the miracle of the digestives. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is um, they were very friendly, um, but I discovered why. You see, my name is Stephen in, in, in Cantonese, that's Sitai Fu. Um, but if you change the way you say it slightly, you can say Sitai Fu. And I couldn't hear that uh, very clearly when I first arrived, but that means paper underwear. So they were all going around, hello, paper underwear. And I'm going, well, you're so friendly. Hi. <laughs> you also speak other languages. You speak the European language, Latvian. You speak Cantonese. And yeah. Uh, that's pretty great. Did that help you when you lived uh, over here in the east of Australia? Good question. I think what it does more than anything is help you appreciate different cultures. Um, because when you learn a language, you learn the culture. And when you travel, even if you can't speak the language, you're learning the culture in which you live. I came back to Australia and I just prayed and prayed, Lord, where is it you would have me? But it wasn't until I went to Adelaide, and there I had lunch with the um, Aboriginal bishop, and he had a, an elder with him. And when they heard a little bit of my story, they both echoed the same sentiment, you need to teach music in an Aboriginal school. And I was blown away because I thought, wouldn't they want me to help with some drug addict work or something like that? But they said, no, our kids need music. So that prompted me to believe that was from God. And I put a project together and I sent it out to um, Christian Aboriginal schools and two responded. Um, and they were both in WA. And as it turned out, they were both sister schools. And so I thought that's confirmation. I'm heading over. I headed over. You know what? I haven't left WA since. It is uh, you know, they changed the national anthem here from we are young and free to we are one and free because all the from all the earth, from all the lands on earth, we come if I can mix music here. And it's so right that the language is culture. Music is culture. I'm currently interviewing you while at a conference in America in Denver, outside Denver, Colorado, and I was listening to the music that they were playing earlier this morning and thinking mm. that depicts a particular culture. And I'm not sure that that's my culture, but it, it really was beautiful. And I loved the music and I, I could really enter into, if you will, worship as a result. Uh, Steve, anything, final things you want to say to the uh, international Bob's Your Uncle podcast audience? Well, um. When I look back on my life, it's a bit like, you know, looking at a book and you read a chapter and you think, wow, what a fantastic chapter. Can't wait to read the next one. And I feel I've been very privileged to have many chapters in my life. I'm now 66. And, you know, that's why I said earlier on, if maybe this is the last time, you know, I'll be in one place like WA. But in my life, I've never said no to an adventure. I've never let fear stop me and whenever I have because I needed to and that was to trust God that if he was calling me he would provide and all my needs and he has never ever failed me 
And wherever he prompts me to go, the answer is yes and when. You so, are a man who has given himself wherever he goes, whether it was St. Stephen's in Hong Kong or there back at, in, the, in your motherland or here in Cape and Ray or wherever you go. And that's, how shall we say, it's infectious. And I've loved being with you and getting to know you over all these decades. Um, it's a pleasure to have you on my show. I wish you God's best for 2022 as it concludes and whatever the Lord has for you in the years to come. Thanks, my friend. That's very kind. Thank you. May you, through your podcast, bless so many more to learn to trust in you too. God bless you, Bob. you think about all this write me on bob mendo at aol.com or comment or even video to me on instagram or twitter at bob's your uncle pc i'd love to know what you think about all this don't forget to post a review on itunes or spotify wherever you're getting your podcasts and also don't forget to subscribe every week we read from the number one bestseller of all time the bible and today's no different matthew records these words of yeshua Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Next week, my guest will be Devin Carney, a member of the Connecticut State House of Representatives, whose parents I met back in the 80s, when Devin was not yet. He's a delightful man with great ideas to make the world a better place. You will enjoy his perspectives, I hope. Have a safe new year and see you next week. And until then, from me, Bob Mendelson, when things seem bleak or uncertain, look up to God. He's in his heaven, and Bob's your uncle. Shalom from Sydney. Sydney.